I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle from Layers of Learning and I'm here with Karen. Hello. Today we're talking about forgiving yourself and moving forward. This is important because guilt can be so debilitating. It can stop you from improving. It can stop you from becoming the person you really want to become. And we want to change the way that we feel about when we fail because we all fail. So many homeschool moms tell us that they're failing. They feel like absolute failures because of day-to-day things that they do that they just think they're not good enough. What are some things they tell us, Michelle? People are always like, oh, my eight-year-old isn't reading on level. Moms feel guilt over that. I'm not good enough. Somehow I didn't teach him correctly. Or maybe they just get frustrated every time that they try to get their kids together for a project. It just doesn't work. They feel like it's their fault. I think losing patience and yelling at kids are two that we hear all the time. I yelled at my kids. Yeah. Okay. Everyone, raise your hand if you've ever yelled at your kids. (laughs) Everybody's raising their hand right now. (laughs) So you're, first of all, you're not alone. We all make these mistakes. You know, a homeschool mom wears a lot of hats. Any mom is a mom 24-7, and a homeschool mom is on even to a greater degree. And you have stresses that are not there. I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's really hard to be completely 100% responsible for everything, the and outcome every, of your kids. And everyone. And yeah. everyone, yeah. And You can't just blame it on a teacher or the school if your child's not reading on grade level, you know, or, or if your kids have behavior problems, they didn't learn it at school. So you have a lot more pressure on you. Plus you don't have as much time to get the other normal mom things done, cleaning your house, fixing dinners, shopping, or to just have a few quiet minutes to yourself. You have less time because more time is devoted to the kids that are around you all the time. Yeah, not only the actual hours that you're spent in instructional time with your kids, but there's planning time and just the fact that they're home, they make more messes. I think a lot of moms also get feeling guilty about things because they have so much on their plate that they forget some other things. They might forget an appointment or be late. Or I, I've never, ever done that. You've never? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I decided that the more children I had, the the more my brain power decreased. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I used to remember everything. I kept it all in my head when I was in my 20s. And I can't do that anymore. I don't know if it's age or that there's more going on. I'm not sure what it is. But you now keep track of a lot more people than you did. Yeah. And why? Why do I have to keep track of their lives? But that's that's totally true. When you're the mom, that's how it works out. You're a mom. That's it all. It all falls right there on you. I think moms also tell us that they get frustrated with their messy house. They feel like they're failing because they can't do school, have dinner on the table, have a clean house, get the laundry done, get everyone where they need to be, and something always falls through the cracks. Have you ever had a time when you had to have like three different family members in three different places at the exact same time? Because I have, and there's like one of me, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? Every single soccer season. Yes. <laughs> it's, and it, it just, it's maddening because you're like... I'm supposed to be the one in charge of all this and I'm supposed to be getting this child needs to be in this activity and yet I'm failing him or her. And you were so quick getting out the door that you forgot that you're the snack mom today. Oh my gosh, yes. I hate being the snack mom (laughs) because I'm like, the responsibility is killing me. 
basically you're only going to succeed if everything is perfect in your life all the time. Otherwise, we say, I'm a failure. Yeah, we do that. I, I think another big one that, that we haven't mentioned yet is inconsistency. Oh, yes. I, I have gone entire school years not doing art <laughs> because... <laughs> because I just couldn't pull it together. And I'm like, oh, my children aren't going to know who Van Gogh is, you know? And we can be inconsistent about all sorts of places in our lives. But I think in homeschooling, that happens a lot. We just drop the ball on things. I haven't read out loud with my son in a whole week. And and I know that he needs it daily. And yet I haven't done it like just this week. Yeah. And that's true when it comes to discipline, when it comes to checking the kids' chores, you know, whatever it is that you have set up in your home, kind of your home management, really, truly, you're asking yourself to be 100% on all the time and never, ever make a mistake in it or else you call yourself a failure. That's a huge burden to put on yourself. It's That's an unreachable goal, I think. Yeah, so I was thinking about failure and really the definition of it in our mom minds, it's not meeting your own expectations for yourselves. It's when you are looking at it and saying, this is all that I want to be and all that I want to do. And somehow I am not meeting every single one of those expectations. But we have to remember, those are the expectations in our mind. It's not something that is actually what is required to be successful. There are a lot of moms who don't homeschool at all. And they are successful moms. There are a lot of moms who never sign their kids up for soccer and are never the snack mom at all. And they could very well be a very successful mom. It's what's in our mind that we are trying to determine our success by. So a lot of times we'll have this perfect picture in our heads of what our school day is going to look like. That's that's one example. And the problem is it's not just about us. And so we feel like, well, if our son gets frustrated and blows up during math and we never complete that math assignment that we're the failure because that, that perfect homeschool day didn't happen. He's, he's stormed off to his room and he's crying now. Well, and the really sad part is when that happens and he storms off, we let it affect us to the degree that then the reading lesson goes downhill and we can't teach writing anymore. And everything else in our day goes out the window because the discouragement and the failure was so extreme in our minds that we get crippled by it. And, and not only just the school day, but like our whole mood for that day is gone. We're angry, clear through chores and dinner. Yeah, we, and we get down on ourselves so fast and it lasts. And mentally, we beat ourselves up. We stew about it over and over. Pretty soon, what started as a tiny issue becomes this massive snowballed failure. We fail in everything. And then we feel guilt about it for the next forever my son's going to need therapy because I yelled at him during math or he'll, he'll, he's, he's decided that he can't read and he's dumb because I ruined his inner self-talk. And we, we put these huge, huge burdens on ourselves. And it's true. We do make mistakes. Some of them are actual real mistakes that we need to fix. Others we are things we just need to let go. Well, and I think it's really helpful if we can examine a little bit more closely what are the actual consequences of these everyday mistakes that we're making. What is the huge consequence of me yelling at my kids? No, I don't want to be a yeller, but really the the day-to-day consequence is I'm probably going to have to admit that I was wrong and apologize and give them an extra hug. The consequence is not quite as big as the massive emotional toll that I let it take on me. 
another consequence might be, hey, we didn't get to everything in our homeschool day and we feel frustrated and we feel behind. We might have to scratch some things off of our planner or move it to the next day or the next week. The real consequence is not nearly as big as what I make it inside of me when I'm stewing over, oh, we're late, we're behind, we're not getting to everything that I wanted to get to. In your head, you've ruined your children, right? And really, you're just a day behind in math. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Or, or you, just, you just are going to have to cross off that project that you thought you could have done. The kids aren't going to die if you didn't do that project. But you feel like, oh, I'm ruining their education and they'd be better off in school. I've felt that before. Yeah, and that emotional toll does far more damage than the actual consequence of not doing the project. And not just damage to yourself, but that emotional toll leaks out of you into your home life, into your children and your husband. Yeah, it starts to affect your mindset, which affects everything. Another one is running late. You think about the consequence of running late. And when I'm running late for something, my heart is racing and I'm feeling tension and pretty soon it even affects the way that I'm driving, right? I'm snapping at the kids in the car and I'm speeding, speeding. I might be going a little too fast (laughs) on the road. I'm super, super tense. I'm affected by that in real emotional ways and it affects the people around me too. But then I had teenage drivers and I started to tell them the same thing every time they left. I always say the second you get into the car, you are no longer running late. Because it's more important to me that you get there alive than that you get there on time. Because I could imagine my teenage drivers trying to speed and I I wasn't okay with that. I was okay when it was me. That freaks you out, right? Well, yeah. Not when it's my teenager, right? And so I was always telling them this, you are not late. Because the truth is, you're going to get there at the same time, whether you are all bunched up and angry about being late or whether you just relax and drive safely, you're going to get there. I felt that stress and that emotional crippling when I'm driving and I'm not sure where I'm going and maybe I take a wrong turn. Have you ever felt that? Yes. Yeah. And and I told my teenage drivers, don't worry about it. If you take a wrong turn or if you miss the turn, just keep driving calmly until you find a spot to turn around and go back. It's not a big deal. And until I told them that, it didn't connect in my mind that, oh, maybe I should do that. That's what I had to do with myself too. I had to tell myself, I'm constantly telling my teenagers, once you get in the car, you're no longer running late. I need to tell that to myself. And so I do. Now I take a big deep breath. I'm in the car now. I am not running late. I'm going to get there at the same time, no matter what. And now I just drive. And your, your heart rate slows down. Your mood improves. I'm calm. And yeah, we might get somewhere five minutes late. Oops. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Then I say, the truth I, is, I'm it's sorry. not that big a deal. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. And we, and we try. I try to say, you know what? If we're consistently being late, we should probably consistently try to leave five minutes earlier or how, you know. Find a strategy to fix it. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't do any good to get emotionally bound up over it. That same principle is true for whatever mistakes you're making or whatever things are, happen to be going wrong in your day. Whether it's a child throwing a tantrum or that your house is a mess, or that you just yelled at your child. I mean, you, there are things you can do to change your mindset so that it affects you less than you're allowing it to. Yeah, exactly. If we can reframe how we think about our failures so we don't have the huge emotional collateral, then those failures won't have the same power over us. Really, maybe failing is part of the learning process, and we need to think of it that way instead of as a detrimental problem in our lives. We're just learning. There's a difference between guilt and remorse. 
Guilt is an emotional response you have and it produces nothing good. It can be a signal that you need to change something. And if you look at it that way, it can be useful to you. But as soon as you start feeling guilt, realize guilt alone is going to get me nowhere. It's remorse. Remorse is what causes you to actually take action, to change your behavior or to go back and repair a mistake you've made. If you've just yelled at your child because he was hitting his sister, you did that out of love, actually, first of all. You should realize that. You don't want your children hitting each other because you love them. You don't want them to have bad behavior. You don't want them to become violent people who react in that way because you love them. But then you yelled at them and that's the wrong response. And so you need to stop and think, I feel bad about this. What can I do to actually repair it? Right. I think that guilt is stewing in it, but remorse is moving forward. Yeah. It's growing and learning. And we, as homeschoolers, we are always looking for ways to learn. And we tend to think of that as intellectually, but homeschooling is part of your family life. And family life and raising children is about personal growth and not just the personal growth of the children. I have learned far more as a parent than I ever could have if I hadn't ever had children. I'm a more mature, grown-up person. They've taught me things, and most of it has been through mistakes that I've made. Yeah, good parenting is not about being perfect. It's about being willing to learn, about consistently making an effort with your kids, loving your kids, being willing to own up to your mistakes and keep on moving forward, and that is modeling for them what to do also. Imagine them when they are parents themselves. Do you want your kids beating themselves up when they make mistakes? No, you don't want that. But you beat yourself up all the time. Children don't actually need perfect parents. They don't need a perfect homeschool environment. What they need is someone who will model growth and learning. We've talked before about how you model learning and curiosity in your homeschool. The same is true in your just normal everyday life, in your character building, in your becoming a better person. You're modeling how to repair mistakes, how to become a better person, how to move forward. You want them to learn that. You don't want them to learn or to look at this person on a pedestal. You want them to see how someone grows. I think at first when I approached this idea in my own life and in my own mind of I was building up too much feeling like a failure... I had to stop and say, I need to change my expectations. And at first I resisted that because I thought what I was telling myself to do is lower my expectations. And that felt negative to me. I shouldn't lower my expectations of myself. I should have high expectations of myself. But the truth is I'm not lowering my expectations. I am changing my expectations. Every single mom that I've ever met has lost her patience sometimes. Every single mom that I have ever met has been inconsistent sometimes in discipline or in teaching her kids or in whatever it is. And every single mom has had tough life situations that were out of her control and that maybe affected her children. We all have things that we go through that are difficult. I felt a ton of guilt the year that we built our house because our homeschool was kind of a shambles during that time because we were full-time building our house. We did not have builders who built it for us. Our family built the home that we live in. We ran the pipes. We ran the electrical. We installed our own radiant floors. We did it all and we 
didn't exactly know what we were doing. It was a huge learning process, and most of our time during 10 months was devoted to that. So you, you didn't just go, well, we're not learning anything this year. Instead, you changed your expectations, and you realized we are learning. I had to change them. Yeah. It, it was a forced change, and I resisted the change, and I felt a lot of pressure you, you over You could it. have felt enormous guilt. Oh, we're not doing history at all this year, or we haven't done a single science project this year. Instead, you thought to yourself, they're learning electrical work. They're learning life skills. They're learning hard work, too. I think that was the biggest thing that happened, is that my kids really appreciate our home. They learned to work really hard. We developed a family dynamic that was different than we ever had before. And there were really awesome things that came of it. But in the middle of it, it was hard for me to get past the fact that we were only doing maybe two math lessons a week. And that was in the car when we were driving back and forth from the job site. And I felt bound up over it. And then later, I got the perspective of that actually taught them a great deal. Think about the real life math they were doing too. Oh yeah. You know, but I've, I've heard, we have one of our homeschool moms that uh, it's on layers of learning. And she was talking about how they have recently taken into their home, an elderly grandmother mm-hmm. and they were helping care for her, like physical daily care. And that that was affecting their homeschool life. Well, you can choose to look at that. Like we're losing something. Or you can choose to look at that like, look at what we've gained. Look at the compassion my children are learning. Look at how we've put our priorities right. I think that same thing happens every time you bring a new baby into your family, right? Oh, yeah. It's going to change the dynamic. You're going to be tired. There's just no way around that. And you have to learn how to be a mom to one more kid. The schedule's demanding. You're physically really exhausted in a lot of ways. And the baby needs to be fed. The baby needs a quieter environment, maybe. The diaper needs to get changed. All of these things change the demands on you. And you can feel guilt over that, that you're neglecting your other kids, or you can approach it differently. And everyone can recognize the miracle of this baby and help contribute and fall in love with that new little one in your family And even if you're not doing quite as much school, you're learning amazing lessons about priorities and your family and who you care about. And this can happen in all kinds of life situations where you may have to step back and think, well, what are we really learning? And is what I'm doing effective? And how can I reassess? And I think we need to do that with when we've made mistakes. We need to step back and say, what went wrong? Why did I lose my temper? Why are we always late? Why is the house a disaster? And then think about how can I fix this so that I can feel happy about it again. But then don't for one second think that from that moment on you're going to be perfect at it. No. What something I've learned, okay, not that long ago I decided to do this new diet, right? And I keep eating things that I shouldn't eat. What what are you What are you trying not to eat? I I don't know about this. Okay, so I thought I knew everything about so, your life. I know you you think that, but <laughs> So I've been, because I want to lose some weight, I've been doing like a keto diet where you eat very little carbs. Okay. And it's, for me, it's kind of, it's just a temporary lifestyle change so that I can meet some specific goals. But I keep eating chocolate. Chocolate is kind of my weakness. And and I do have, I, I buy the sugar-free chocolate chips. I splurge on those for myself and they are marked in my cupboard. Do not eat or die. Because... <laughs> Because my kids will get into them. But 
So even, even though I'm failing at the diet sometimes, every single day I wake up and go, okay, it's a new day. And it reminds me of that from Anne of Green Gables. Do you remember how she said, Anne says, I love mornings. So every day is a brand new day with no mistakes. Yeah, a fre- something about being fr- something a fresh like that. day with that, no that's, mistakes. That, yeah, that's not the right, I didn't quote it exactly, but I keep thinking of that with my diet. It's okay. It's okay that I didn't do a very good yesterday because today's a new day. And and today, I, you know, maybe I do do perfect. And then the next day I maybe fail again. It doesn't matter because I keep trying. I keep trying. I keep starting over. Don't you think it's interesting how 99% of your day you'll probably do your diet perfectly, but if you eat the chocolate once, you feel like a failure? You don't give yourself credit for the 99%. You only give yourself credit for the 1%. Yeah. And you call all of it a failure. Yeah. If I read to my son every night for a week and then I miss it on Friday night because something came up. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, oh, I, I, I messed I, up. I've messed I up. I failed because I'm not 100%. Yeah. And, and, and instead, we need to go, oh, well, I missed it. I'm going to try again tomorrow. And, and you kind of just mentally, you can decide to let that go. Yeah. So I had a very striking moment in my life. And Michelle knows about this because this happened with our little brother. When I was in college, our youngest brother passed away from cancer. And it was something that was unexpected. No one knew he even had cancer. I immediately got on an airplane and flew home to be there with my family and for the funeral. And I didn't even take the time to notify my professors or do anything because... It was a crisis. At that moment, gone. Yeah. Yeah. I lost my brother and that's all there was, you know. And I was only away from college and my classes for a few weeks. And then I came back. It was probably only a week and a half, actually. I came back, but during that time, I missed a biology test. And afterwards, I went in and I talked to all of my professors, and most of them were very kind and gracious and let me make up any work that I had missed, and they understood. But this one biology professor, he wouldn't budge. He said, you missed a test, you failed it, that's it. You don't get to retake it, you failed it. Now, to me, that was a huge deal, because I had never gotten an F in my life on anything. When she was a kid, we used to tease her about being practically perfect in every way, just like Mary Poppins. <laughs> I, she, she, she has some perfection issues. I think dad still teases me about that. But I didn't just not get an F. I don't think I had ever not gotten an A, ever. I have lower expectations for myself. But, <laughs> but that, that was me. So at this time, already an emotional crisis because, you know, I've just lost someone I love very, very much. I dealt with this blow of having my first F and it was anguish for me. It was so hard for me to deal with. And I ended up getting a C in the class, the first C that I had ever gotten for a grade in my entire life. And that was because I got straight A's on all of my tests except for that one F. And that F brought my overall grade down to a C and it nearly killed me. And I had to really stop and process. And this took me probably years before I could deal with it in a way that I'm okay with it. She really is a perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) I try to teach people not to be a perfectionist while simultaneously (laughs) I tend to be a perfectionist. But I really had to mentally process this F that I got on my biology test. And I had to realize, wait a second, not every single thing is in my control. That was not in my control. That F was going to happen even if... I wanted it to be an A, and even if I did all the work to get it to be an A, it, I didn't have It's control. not like you were going to choose to not go home and be with your family for the funeral. That was never going to be a choice. That wasn't an option. 
it wasn't going to happen. And what I did was way more important than that biology test. But we have to acknowledge that there are a lot of times when our failures are not even within our control. Michelle, you have kids who have dyslexia. Yeah. And every time I hear someone talk about grade level and reading and, oh, my child is reading at 12th grade level and he's five, you know, (laughs) I always feel like, oh, what could I have done different? How have I failed my kids? Because I have an 11 year old son who is reading on probably a first grade level because he has really difficult problems with dyslexia. It's just been slow, but he is my third child to have dyslexia. And a long time ago, I realized they're just going to learn slower and it's not going to be a big deal because they will learn. My husband actually graduated high school not being able to read because of his dyslexia. And I know that's not going to happen to my kids. They are doing better than that because I am putting the effort in and I am helping them read. And but it's taking longer. They're progressing. Longer. You they're, can see growth yes, even if it's not They're progressing. Where... It, it, took, it took Harrison probably four years to learn the alphabet. It just mentally wouldn't stick. And it wasn't like he was being lazy and it wasn't like there was some strategy I could have done better. It's just his mental development wasn't there for whatever reason. But at the same time, this same boy, he is two years ahead in math. Mm -hmm. And he's got this engineer brain. He can do all kinds of things. Like he builds things out of cardboard and out of popsicle sticks. And I'm like, wow. So, you know, it's, it's not like he's dumb. And it's not like I've somehow failed him, but I have to tell myself that from time to time because I will read something about how, oh, your dyslexic child can learn on grade level. And then I realize, no, they, maybe not. Just because it worked for your one child doesn't necessarily mean it works for everyone. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's important. No. Why do we put so much into a grade level or into having a perfect house or into any of these things that we are setting ourselves up as our definition of success. Yeah. One one of my, I have another son who's older and he's dyslexic also. And he struggles with reading still, but he's in high school this year. He decided to go to school. And so he's actually in the local high school this year and he's doing great. He got A's and B's in all his classes. He's dyslexic. My husband at that same age and grade level was getting D's and F's. Because nobody had bothered. Well, I have bothered. I have made an effort. And it's not a perfect effort. I didn't read with him as often as I should have. I've got six kids and I've always felt torn. I've always felt like I didn't pay enough attention to each of them. And yet he's doing really well. So I haven't been perfect, but I've been pretty good. I've been decent. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not a perfectionist, so I'm okay with decent. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my kids are doing good. They're fine. I think we also have to stop and realize that our definition of success changes as we grow. We talked about how we should look at these failures as learning opportunities, not as you know extreme problems. But the truth is, as soon as we have mastered something, we want to do better at something else. So as soon as I have mastered not yelling in my house and I have my intricate system of alarms going so that I'm never late because I have, you know, three alarms for each event that tells me when to have my kids put their shoes on and all of those things. I'm so grateful for my Google calendar. Just gonna say <laughs> keeps us all on track, right? Oh well, and your kids are going to get to the point where they're old enough where they actually contribute to keeping the house clean instead of just making a mess. And, you know, we get to those successes But then we set new higher bars. We decide, I need to train for a marathon. 
Yeah, or or my ki- my kids maybe are cleaning up the dishes, but they don't know how to cook, and I have yeah. to teach them that. I mean, there's always going to be something. Yeah, they haven't read all the classics yet. Oh my gosh, not the classics. And you you might decide, well, I should be feeding my family only whole foods, or oh, they need to get into their dream college. Yeah, you start planning their entire lives too. I'm pretty healthy, but I'm not juicing. <laughs> That's right. There's and always my, something. My keto diet keeps failing. <laughs> No matter how much we do, there's always more that we can do. So if we can look at it as a growth opportunity instead of a failure, we'll keep growing and we'll keep progressing without all that emotional toll, without the baggage and the stewing that comes when we feel all of the guilt. So the key takeaway is that growth mindset. I love the concept of having a growth mindset, that we are learners We're learners as moms, we're learners as human beings, we're learners as homeschoolers, and learners make mistakes. That's how we learn. Like most of our learning happens when we do it wrong. If you hand a child a math problem and he gets it right the first time, he already knew that, he didn't learn anything. It's when you mess up and you have to think it through and you have to problem solve that you're really growing. We grew up doing water sports. My dad always loved boating and water skiing, and we spent our time at the lake. And I remember when I was about 12 years old, most of my siblings had learned to slalom ski, water ski on one ski. Just the ones who were older than her, just to be clear. It felt like most. (laughs) (laughs) That is most because I'm the fourth child. That's true. Three of you could already do it. That's half. (laughs) Okay. But again, I felt very much like a failure because I had not yet learned how to slalom ski. And I really wanted to. And I remember the day that I was practicing at the lake. And over and over again, I was failing. I was letting go of the rope because the pressure felt too much or the wave would come over my head and I'd let go or my ski would keel off to one side. And I tried well over 30 times over and over and over again. And for those of you who don't water ski, that's exhausting. Yeah, and and everyone else is sitting in the boat watching you. And, and so it's bored. kind of, they're, you know that they're bored. They're not getting their turn. And you feel a little bit humiliated because you keep failing in front of everyone. Right. Who can already do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was at. And I was discouraged and I was a, very much a failure in my mind. But I really wanted to do it so badly. I wanted to do it more than all of that emotional toll. And so I kept trying. And I think it was around the 34th time, which is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Around the 34th time, I got up. I somehow miraculously got up on one ski. And I don't even remember how long I skied that day, but I've been skiing on one ski ever since. And I've never had a problem getting up ever, ever again. The thing about skiing is that you can explain it to someone all you want. You can give them instructions and tell them what to do. But it's something that you have to do yourself. You can't, it doesn't matter what people tell you until you've experienced the feeling of what your, what your body is supposed to do. You've actually succeeded. You don't really know what it feels like and you don't know what you're really supposed to be doing. Right. You have to feel just that balance and you have to feel the right pressure and the right speed. And then when you get it, you, you understand. And I think that's true with being a mom in parenting and, and in homeschooling, because it looks different. It doesn't matter how much people explain it, you still are going to have a different experience and you have to feel it for yourself in your own home and with your own character. Right. Now that day I could have just been a failure and quit. 
but that's not what I did. I just kept at it. She's a perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) I could have quit, but instead I kept at it. You can remember that in your mind. You are not actually a failure until you quit. You're probably not quitting being a mom. You're probably keeping at that. So you're not a failure. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn from them. And then you're going to get up. You're going to be a water skier for the rest of your life. You're going to keep at it. Every day is a fresh new day with no mistakes in it. That's right. It doesn't matter that you yelled at your child yesterday. You can apologize. You can talk about it with them. And then you can decide, I'm not going to do it today. And maybe you do. Maybe you yell at them again today. And so then the next morning you get up, I'm not going to do it today. And you just keep doing that until you overcome that particular problem that you're having. Yeah, as long as you can avoid falling into that pit of the emotional baggage that comes along with the failures, you're going to keep trying at it and then you're going to get it. So we hope that this helps you. It's not something that comes easily. It's not something that comes easily to us. And we know an awful lot of moms out there. Awful lot of moms come and talk to us. And we know that this is a widespread problem. But you can do this. You are your kid's mom for a reason. You're supposed to be right where you're at. And you're supposed to even fail. Because that's how you're going to learn. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe. Go on to iTunes. Sign up to listen to all of our podcasts and share this with your friends. We don't make any money off of these podcasts. We just do it so that we can hopefully help you have a better homeschool and a better family life. So share it with other people and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Come and visit us at layersoflearning.com and on our Facebook group. Make sure to tune in next month for our new podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.